0: Hebrews chapter number 12, just going to read one verse tonight, and we're going to preach a whole chapter, so y'all get excited, so, so now we, we, we want to, I want to help you tonight, I'm stirred in my heart for the message tonight, and I want it to be a help to you, and if it ain't, just act like it is, okay, I'm going to do my best to try to help you, but I need God's touch tonight, so, uh, I, th- I think it could be a help to you, but Hebrews chapter number 12 and we're going to read verse number 1 and we'll pray and we'll preach a little bit. When you get there say amen. amen. All right. Bible says this, "Wherefore seeing we are seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race" that is set before us. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you tonight. We're just thankful for the spirit in this place, and Lord, thankful for your people. We just appreciate you, Lord. We love you. We just pray, God, you'd just give us some unction to preach tonight, Lord. I need, I need a touch from heaven tonight. Help me, I pray, and Lord, I pray that you'd just help me to effectively communicate the word of God tonight. Speak to our hearts, and Lord, help us to grow closer to you. If there's one loss in this place tonight, Lord, I pray, God, that they would get born again, and Lord, that they would just, uh, Lord, trust you for salvation. I'm thankful tonight that it's available to everybody. Help us tonight, we pray. Strengthen us tonight, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, as we come to Hebrews chapter number 12, uh, uh, verse number 1 has a main focus here. and, And the focus... Uh, is running the race. That's, that's the clarity. I want to grab that here. It, he says, let us run. That's the focus. This whole verse is, 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 pa- is focused around just running. And I want you to notice a few things. It provides some instruction to our present race. There is some things that he mentions in here, laying aside every weight and the sin and, and running with patience. There's some instruction to the way that we are uh, to run this race. But it also begins... With a present help from some past runners, and, and I want to look at this tonight. The word "wherefore," uh, I know this ain't grammatically correct, but I, most of the things I say ain't grammatically correct. But I think of "wherefore" as a word, and this is going. I don't care what y'all think. You know what? It's like a word. It's like a bridge. When you see "wherefore." It's like a door hinge or a bridge. It connects two ideas or two points. And 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 what that word at the beginning of chapter number twelve is, it is connecting chapter number eleven to what is currently given instruction in chapter number 12. And as we come to chapter number 12, the instruction is to run. Now, you remember the book of Hebrews, you had all these people getting saved, and they were coming out of Judaism. They were coming out of, 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 of the, so to speak, following the Old Testament. they have been born again, and they were living for the Lord. And, and Paul, who I believe is writing here, is saying, listen, y'all gotta run. It's time to get going in Christ. And, and, and may I say the admonition and instruction is to us today, but as we see here in this verse, we, we see that there's some present uh, instructions, but there's some past runners, and, and we're going to look at them. Now, it tells us that we are compassed about with so great cloud of witnesses. Now, why you say a cloud? Well, there's so many of them. It just looks like a cloud. That's the way that I believe that God would have us interpret that. But I want to explain two things here. Now, the first thing is this can be taken, and people think this, and just stay with me, but some people believe that This means that those that are before us are watching us run. Now, I I can't, here's what I'll say to that. The verse can open the possibility to that, but that's not the context of verse number one. I can't tell you whether they can see you or where they can't see you. Listen to me. I don't know if Mom and Paul is looking down on you. I don't have any Bible to tell you that, and nobody else does, okay? I don't know that Moses is looking down or Noah's looking down. I can't tell you those things. And honestly, if we look at that kind of thing, I don't really know that that would help us in our run. I'm not running so Moses can see how well that I'm doing. I'm running because I want Jesus to be pleased in everything. But I can't knock that out, and I'm not, you know, they may be able to see, but that's what I want to grasp here is that's not the main context. Context matters. I am unsure if they're witnesses of us, but I am sure, based on the context, they're witnesses to us. I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. And chapter 11 provides great examples or proof to us in the lives of those who live before us that we can run. You say, why does chapter, is chapter 11 just to honor these people? Absolutely not. Listen, God can honor them and he does honor them, but that's not the main purpose of chapter number 11. Chapter number 11 is is placed there, I believe, with the primary purpose to help those that are still running to see we can run with the Lord. And and that's what God wants us to do here. Now, I, I want you to grasp this. We see another important reason of why we need to read and study the Old Testament. Listen, the New Testament epistles are important and we got to have them. They're instructions to the church. But Lou and I can still learn from the 39 books of the Old Testament. We can read them. But I want you to grasp this. Chapter 11 testifies or provides a proof in their lives that by faith as they run, we can run too. It does not provide everything about their lives. But you will notice that God gives us particular actions or particular things in their lives that are highlighted by the Lord, which were caused or done through and by their faith in God's Word. So I want you to see as we go down through here, if you read this chapter, you'll find by faith or through faith, and then you'll find an action word, something that resulted from their faith. And may I say, faith without works is dead. Listen, works don't save you, but if you're saved, you'll have works. And all of these, there was something, some point of action that took place. And I want you to grasp that there's a lot of situations and scenarios they face that you and I may face today, and God's put them here so that we can see and have a testimony to say, you can keep running too. And listen, friends, I don't know when the finish line or where it's at, but here's what I know, we can run through that thing. All the way till we get home, we can run through. And that's what we ought to do tonight. We ought to have that desire in our heart. Now, these things they experience in their race, you and I may do the same, but we have a great cloud of witnesses to testify that we can trust Him. So if you want to follow along, I'm going back to chapter 11. Uh, It opens up and tells us what faith is, and faith is an important part. Can I say you don't get, how we get saved? For by grace are you saved through faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. They, listen, they obeyed and trusted and believed God's word, and they made their decisions based off of the word of God and trusting God. That's what faith does. But let's look at a few witnesses As we go back to chapter number 11, the hall of faith, these people had great faith. Now, can I say something to you? None of these people were perfect. We're we're studying downstairs in Genesis, and we went through a lot of these people, and we'll find there's highs and lows and ups and downs from from all kinds of them, but let me say something to you. Them being uh, put in here about their faith, they were people of great faith. They weren't perfect people, but they had a perfect salvation, and they put their faith in the right one. But let's look at a few things tonight. How about the witness of Abel? Verse number four. You know what, Abel? Abel was right with God through faith in the blood. Can I say to you tonight that the blood that Abel, he brought a sacrifice and the sacrifice that he offered, listen, it was of a blood sacrifice. It wasn't the sacrifice that took away his sins, but it was a picture of the one who was coming to do so. Hey, God told him the right way. Cain and Abel had the same opportunity. Both of them could have been right with God. The reason Abel wasn't is because he chose not to. Listen to me. If you want to be right with God tonight, you can the same way that Abel did. It by faith in the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanseth from all sin. Abel, listen to me. That blood was a picture that would be shed for all men. I should have brought my, my big pointy finger tonight because that's what it was doing. But Abel is no longer with us in this world. I want you all to know this. Abel has died in faith. But he's still speaking. <laughs> I don't know how many thousands of years. I'd say probably some 6,000 years, give or take, is when he lived. Can I say something to you? His voice is not cut off today. The Bible tells us there that he still speaks. And you know what he speaks? The same message he spoke back then, that by grace are you saved through faith. That's what the message was. And lost friend, if you'll hear the testimony tonight of Brother Abel, you'll find that the blood of Jesus Christ cleansed from all sin. Listen. We can run the race and we can be right with God and we get right by the blood of Jesus Christ. What a way! There's a reason why Abel started this thing off. Because you only get in, listen, you ain't running till you get in by the blood of Jesus Christ. But let's look at the witness of Enoch. Verse number five, we read that Enoch had this testimony that by faith, he pleased God. And may I say something to you? Child of God, by faith, you and I can please God too. Hold on a second. I want you to grasp that. We can please God today. We're going to do it by faith. And we ought to have that desire in our hearts. And Enix uh, is such an interesting character. Now, y'all can't prove me wrong on this, but I'm going to use my scriptural imagination for a minute. But Enoch's a good picture of the church. Now here's what I think happened. Y'all can't prove me wrong, and, and I can't prove you wrong. But I just believe that him and God were just walking down the road. You can go back and look at the life of Enoch. He walked with God. That's how I know they's walking. And I believe they walking down the road. And they came up onto the exit that Enoch said, Lord, said I'm having a good time, but this is my exit. And God just looked over him and said, Well, Enoch, won't you just come on home with me today? And you know what? Enoch never saw the grave. He just went on home to be with God. Can I say something to you? There's going to be a group of people in this world that's been called out, been washed in the blood of the Lamb, and I'm telling you something, there's going to be a sound of the trumpet. God had no problem. Listen, let me say something to you. He's got enough seats in the car to get us all home. Hey, when he calls you and I, friends, we're going to go up. Enoch's a picture of those that went up right before the judgment came on the world. I'm glad tonight, friends, we can walk with God, we can please God, and one day a trumpet's going to sound and we're going to go up. Hey, we're going to skip this exit. And God says, won't y'all come on and come up here with me? The witness of Enoch. We can please God. Look at the witness of Noah. Verse number 7. By faith, Noah. I want you to notice two words that we see here that his faith caused him to do. It says, Noah moved and prepared to the saving of his house. I want you to think about this. You say, well, how does that apply to me? Think about this situation. Noah had never saw a worldwide flood, ever. And I'm going to go a little step further, and I believe this. Most likely, he never saw rain, ever. If you go back in Genesis, you'll see that God watered from the the dew of the ground, but the first time you find rain is when it started to rain. Now, uh, uh, you... uh, Say what you want. I just believe it never rained. You say, well, what's that matter to us? Well, here's why. Because he trusted God's word in a circumstance that he'd never seen. Can I say something to you? We can testify for a minute. We trusted God in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. Nobody, I'm telling you, nobody in the last years could even have dreamed of what would have taken place. And we've got enough testimony in this place that for generations on, we can tell them what God done here. We could tell them what God had done for us in the middle of all this going on. But I want you to grasp this. There may come a time in your life you're in a situation you've never seen before. You don't know what to do. But I'm glad that God's given us a word. He can tell us how to live, what we should do in all situations and circumstances. And listen, hey, Noah, by faith, he trusted God in a time he had never seen. Listen to me. We can run and we can do the same thing. We ought to look at Noah too. We ought to do all we can to get people around us saved. If we could drag them to heaven, we would. But they got to make that choice themselves. But Look at the witness of Abraham. By faith, Abraham obeyed God and headed out where he didn't even know where he was going. Y'all think about that for a second. That totally goes against everything in my planning, anxiety-calming schedule. I like to have it mapped out to the T. God said, pack her up and just get going. I'm going to give you a land. Never saw it never investigated it, didn't get on Google and try to get on Google Earth and see what it looked like. He just believed God, and he got going. And may I say, by faith, you and I are going to obey God. It's impossible to obey God without faith. Faith is the key to this thing, and faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is why we got to be people of the book. We could go back to last year when you started the year off, people of the book. We've got to be people of the Bible. Why? Because our faith is what's going to move us all of these people that we saw all of these things happen, you notice that it's by their faith. They trusted God's word and their decisions were based on the promises of God. That's the same way we have to live our life every day. Live our lives based upon the promises of God's word. Listen, Abraham, he headed out when he didn't know what he was going. And when he got there, he did not put, hey, he didn't build. He didn't put the stakes in too high. He was looking for a city. Hey, he never got to fulfill all that, but he's going to one Notice this. I want you to grasp this phrase, that by faith he lived persuaded of God's promises and embraced them. I think that's so beautiful. The persuasion part, I believe, pictures God's promises got a hold of him. But that word embrace means to put your arms around. And I believe he got a hold of them. And I'm talking about down in the midst of 2024, I'm even getting the year right. Y'all know I'm under the spirit of God here. I'm getting the year right already. Listen to me. Listen to me. We can live every single day persuaded of God's word and embracing God's word. That's exactly how we ought to live. That's how he lived his life. He trusted. He, by faith, that's what he did. And I want you to grasp the, how, how that we can live this persuaded life by faith. We can embrace truth. And you say, well, look at the world we're living in. We have a witness. It can already be done. The land he was in, listen, it was full of wickedness just like our world is today. As a matter of fact, listen, that the fullness of that time had not yet come, but there come a time when God said those people that were in that land he was giving Abraham, they'd done enough and he said it's time to get rid of them. God judged them people they were a wicked time but he obeyed God and by faith you and I can too I, I, this is an important verse I think y'all need to get a hold of in your life we look back at these people and you think well that's Abraham and yes he I, I'm, I'm highly esteeming Abraham but I want y'all to grasp this thought that tells us about Elijah in James chapter 5, verse 17. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. You know what that means? Right down in the Masoretic, it said he was a man like us. He had flesh like us. He had a nature like we did. These people that we see here, the reason that they're here, they're not different and they're some superhuman person. They all, listen, they're all going to heaven the same way we are by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. But do you know why they're in there? Because they gave their lives and their hearts and they trusted God and God used them. And I want you to grasp this. You and I, we look back at them, we think, well, quite possibly, well, what could I do? Listen to me, God has a purpose for you. Just like now the Word of God's closed up and written, but let me say something to you, everything God has you to do, He's recording it and He has it. But we have the witness of Abraham, And then we have the witness of Sarah. Look at verse number 11. Through faith, Sarah was strengthened and had a child when she could no longer have children. I'm talking about almost 90 years old and having a child. When the body had already passed its ability to have children, And it was her faith. You know what? You know what she had. She probably looked at. I know she did. She looked out and saw all the other women that had children, all these families, and here she was. She saw Hagar with Ishmael. She saw all these different things. Her body, she knew, was no longer at the place to do it. But she had something greater than all these things. She had the promise of God. God told her that she was going to have a son. And he said when the, time was, when the time of life would come, that he would come and that she would have a child. And that's what it means by faith. There was a lot of days I'm sure she struggled, but do you realize that God has exalted her and honored her faith in him? What an amazing thing. You say, this is the impossible. This is the time. If she was living in 2024, the doctor said, there's nothing we can do for you. Cleveland Clinic couldn't help her. Houston Methodist couldn't help her. You could go to Duke and they ain't going to help her. John Hopkins ain't going to help her. There ain't enough things in the world to try to... You know why? Because it's done. But there's a God in heaven that made a promise according to His word. And let me say something to you. Sarah believed God. She had moments of doubt. You can read it. But she believed God. And the Bible said that she was strengthened. And she had a child. And notice what it says. It says, she judged him faithful who had promised. You know what she was saying when the doctor said, there's no hope, there's nothing you can do, you're not going to have one. She said, God told me I was going to have a son. I'm going to have one. That's what that means right there. And listen to me. You and I... My friends can judge him faithful to his promises. Let us run. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? I'm telling you, we need to remember that. We're going to come into these situations where it seems impossible, where it seems our back's against the wall. We wonder what we're going to do, trying to live for God and and, and wanting to see God move, and we can't do anything. What we've got to do is just judge him faithful to his promise. There's the witness of Sarah. What a wonderful witness. What about the witness of Jacob? We're studying Jacob downstairs. I like Jacob. I'm telling you to see the growth of his life. But notice it says, by faith, Jacob, I want you to grasp this, who was dying. And I'm not reading this scripture. I've I've just summarized these statements, by the way, so you don't think I'm in some other Bible. I'm just, Jacob, who was dying, notice this, worshiped, leaning Upon the top of his staff, <laughs> I started feeling good downstairs when I was getting ready for this, and I got to this one, but Jacob finished his life worshipping the Lord. I don't only want to finish well, Tom. I thought about this earlier. I want to finish worshiping. I want to go out worshiping him. I want to go in worshiping Him. we can, hey, we can get rid of the go out. I want to, when I go in, I'm getting in because of the blood of Jesus Christ. By faith, I'm getting in. When I go in, I want to go in worshiping because I left worshiping. Think about this for a second. He leaned on his staff. Now, I believe that has part to do with the touch that he got there when he wrestled with God. But think about this. He mustered up all that he had so that he could finish worshiping God. May I say our motivation, our desire of our heart, we ought to put the effort inside to know, hey, we want to worship him and leave that way. What a testimony. Look at the witness of Moses' parents. Verse number 23. When the law of the land said, kill the boys. There was some parents right there that said, God's word don't say that. Let me say something to you. We ought to honor and do all that we can to do right according to the laws of the land. The Bible teach us that, okay? But there does come a place when the laws of the land go against God's word in such a fashion that you and I cannot participate, stand for, or get in on it. And that's what happened here. Now listen, they could have lost their lives. There was a command out. Now I don't know what the the punishment was for that, but there was a king's command here. But I want you to notice this. By faith, (laughs) they weren't even afraid. I'm talking about, you know why they weren't afraid of man? Because they had to fear God in their hearts they said, we, could, we couldn't help but that. Can I say something to you? We don't have to let the fear of man hinder our race either. We don't have to let, we don't have to let man, you, the Bible said the fear of man is a snare. Is as a snare. A snare is a trap. You want to know here, the best thing I give you, if you ever watch Elmer Fudd and Bugs Bunny, Elmer Fudd always set up those big old traps. They had them big metal teeth on them like it. He never got Bugs Bunny, but they would go like this, and then they go. Well, that's what a snare is. And what happens is, if you get in that snare, it keeps you from doing what you ought to be doing. It keeps you from moving. It pains you. It bothers you. That's what fear of man does it can stop you from running, it can hinder your race, it can keep you from going full throttle. But let me give a witness to you. It was two godly parents living under an unjust king that said, you know what? Because of our faith in God, we ain't even worried about what the king says. We're just going to serve God. Listen to me, friends. We can too. We can too. I think it's important. We ought we to worship more and be more thankful. Because, listen, American Christianity is, is so skewed compared to what other people have to go through in the world. What I mean by that is is we have... If somebody gets on Facebook tonight like, man, that message was dumb. I can't believe he said that. I mean, that'll hurt my feelings. But there's people in other countries that literally have been locked up, lose their life, and and not willing to turn on Christ and say, you know what, I would rather lose my life than to to denounce Christ. Someone doesn't like our post, pulls in our spot, doesn't shake our hand, and we want to quit church for a week. We're soft. Let's be real. We're soft. And what we ought to do is praise God for the present hour that we have this freedom to worship in. I don't know what it's like to not have freedom, but I don't really want to find out either. I want to just, hey, give all that we can. I mean, what a blessing of an hour this is. I mean, we can shout as loud as we want to. And no, nobody, they're not going to call a noise ordinance on us. Choir, you can get back up and sing again, and they won't, nobody can come in here and say, y'all sang five songs, you can't sing that many. Y'all, I mean, I, seriously, none of us has ever not known freedom. We didn't live in a time like this, but we could. We could, and may I say, if the day and the hour comes, let us keep running. Let us keep running. Notice the witness of Moses. Can I say this to you parents in here, those in the class downstairs, I think this is a really important one for us. Notice a few things about Moses. By faith, notice three things Moses had to do here. By faith, Moses refused. Moses chose affliction, and Moses forsook Egypt. And by faith, friends, Moses made decisions for godliness We're in an hour. Some of the most difficult things that you and I may face, and I would say especially for raising children, not that you don't have to make those decisions otherwise, but we're going to have to say no. We're going to have to make some refusals. You know what refuse means? Ain't no way. Don't even think about it. It ain't happening. Because what happens is in these situations that Moses was in, Moses, by the sovereign hand of God, just so happened to be picked up by really the next in line, Pharaoh's daughter. And just by the sovereign hand of God, let me tell you how good God is. He paid Moses' own mother to do what she would have done for free. You ain't telling me God ain't sovereign. And by the way, the people that helped those midwives that wouldn't get rid of those babies either, God built them houses, by the way, for their obedience. But I want you to think about this. Moses rose up in the lap of power, of luxury, of ability and opportunity in the world. And he, the Bible said he refused. He said, I do not want to be identified with Egypt. Egypt. I want to be identified with God. Can I say something to you? We're going to, have to make some tough decisions at times to refuse the things of this world. That's what he did here. But how did he do it? By faith. It's about the importance of the Word of God and getting it in our hearts and our lives. He chose affliction. Now, that's not the desired choice. I don't want to choose things that's going to afflict me. But his desire was to please God. I want you to notice how he put himself less than the Lord. He would have rather been afflicted with God's people and been in the wilderness. Listen to me. Y'all did not want to pastor the church of the wilderness. Israel, so to speak. I know they're not the church, but I mean, Moses led them. You know what they did all day? Complained. They complained behind his back. They complained to his face. They complained about God. They wasn't happy. God sent them food from heaven. I mean, they ate from heaven. And they weren't happy. Read it. It's in your book. But Moses chose to serve God. When he could have been living in the palace, he was out in the wilderness serving the Lord. We're going to have to make some tough decisions. Let's not act like that's easy. He forsook Egypt. Some of the hardest things I've ever done in my life is cut off people. That I love. And it's not that I don't love them anymore. I haven't spoken to my best friend and growing up for ten years. Now listen, if he called me tonight, if I got outside and had a voice one, he said, I'm in Iowa and I have a flat tire, I would take off the rest of this week and go pick him up. I love him. But our lives went two different directions. And I pray for him. I want him to be saved. I want him to go to heaven. But I've had to cut things. Moses forsook Egypt. And there's going to be times in your life where you're going to have to cut the cord, cut the relationship. How am I going to do that? By faith. When we center all of our decisions based on the Word of God, God will help us with those decisions. Every single one of these had faith in the Lord and God helped them. But I want you to grasp this. In this present world, here's what I want to tell you. We can deny ungodliness and worldly lust. And we can live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. And that's not me just saying that to you. That's in the book of Titus chapter number 2. For the grace of God that appeareth to all men, that bringeth salvation appeareth to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Can I, I? want to say something to you. We can run. When you got a tough decision, you say, "How am I going to get through it?" Listen to me, same way he did. There's a testimony right here. He cut some things off. He he probably was shunned. By his, whole, by his whole family. You think he was raised in the, in the palace of Egypt. And you know what's amazing is he shepherded people to a degree and shepherds were an abomination to the Egyptians. We find him around those things. I'm sure when he came back into Egypt, whatever they looked at his past history, maybe they did, I don't know. But when he came back in there, he wasn't treated happily, that's for sure. We're going to have to make some decisions that way, but there's a witness of Moses, and I'm finishing up. Look at the witness of Israel. By faith, Israel moved forward in God's will and on God's path. You see verse 29 talks about them parting the Red Sea on dry ground. Can I say they were trapped in with the enemy on behind and God between them, and God opened a door and they walked over. May I say something to you? By faith you and I can move forward in God's will too. Verse 30, you can see Israel again. It says, by faith, they saw the mighty walls of Jericho fall. I don't know how long the battle took in Joshua chapter number 6, if you read that, but it spends an awful lot of, they spent an awful lot of time going around them walls. They did it for seven days. Six days they went around it. I believe they went around it either six and seven times each, day, each time. And then on the last, on the last day, they went around at one time. You know what's amazing? They shouted on the way in. You all can think about that and pick it up, and you come back and talk to me later when you get it. You say, Why'd they shout on the way in? Because they already had victory. Normally, people celebrate after the game's over, after the final score. They were celebrating before they went in because God done told them, I'm giving you the city. I like this. What more shall I say? Verse 32 For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David, also of Samuel, of the prophets. Think of this who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises stop the mouth of lions quench the violence of fire escape the edge of the sword out of weakness were made strong wax valiant in fight turned to flight the armies of the aliens women received their dead raised to life again and others were tortured not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection others had a trial of cruel mocking and scourgings yea moreover of bonds and imprisonments they were stoned They were sawn asunder. They were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. Now let me say something to you. Them last about three verses there don't sound like anything we would want to do. But it was God's will. And you know what they chose to do by faith? Go out in God's will Instead of going out on their own. You remember at the life at the end that Jesus told Peter, he said, They're going to take you. There's going to be men grab you and take you. And I believe, the way I understand it correctly, he was crucified upside down by his his request, but he was crucified. And we look at that, and I, I just want to stop for a second. We ought to thank God for every single person that died that we could have a copy of this Bible. There's people that died and was burnt at the stake by the Catholic Church, by all kinds of other people to keep... They did that so you and I could have a copy of the 1611 King James Bible. We ought to praise God for that. There's people that died, listen, by faith, and I want you to notice what they got. Judy, you come on. I'm closing this. Here's what what it said, and this is something we should all desire, and it said, These all... Having a good, having obtained a good report through faith, you say, "Well, what does all that mean?" Now we get to verse number twelve. Wherefore means for which reason or which cause. And he said, "Looking back at all these witnesses that we have, that that are, that are compassed about us, there's so many of them we could look through." He didn't even he even got the place, and God said, "What more shall I say?" Can you? God said, "What more shall I say?" And he began to list some more. And there's still more in there that are testimonies to us. You know what that means? Church, we can run. Now, I know we're running. We're not just in this thing at the beginning. But we need to keep running. And we can run. And we don't know what we're going to face tomorrow. From an individual circumstance, from a national circumstance... From a a church, We we don't know what we're going to face, what we're going to walk into, but here's what we do know. There's a testimony of witnesses that says you can run. You can trust God through it all, and that's what we need to do tonight. They're witnesses to us. When you get discouraged, open up your Bible to... Hebrews chapter number 11 and remind yourself when you got to make a tough decision, there was others that made one by faith. When you face a situation that seems impossible, you can look back to people who lived facing the impossible and went through it by faith. When we face persecution, I don't, I don't pray for, listen to me. I don't pray for us, I don't desire for us to have it worse than we got. But there's nothing that says that it won't. God don't owe America nothing. I, I honestly, we ought to just thank God he hadn't just full-fledged put the axe down. He's judging America. He's been judging America. But I mean, we're, we're, we're the land of the free and home of the brave. We don't, God don't owe us that. And surely, if we would look and learn from the scriptures, if what he did for the nation he called out and he dispersed them throughout all the earth, I don't know why in the world we would think that he wouldn't do that to us. I'm praying, even so, come Lord Jesus. But if the heat gets turned up, if the persecution comes in, there's a testimony of people that went all the way for Jesus they did it by faith you and I can do the same thing listen we've got to be people of the book tonight we got to get this book in us and let it let ourselves get a hold of it let's bow our heads tonight